Hello, welcome to the On Relating Podcast. This is Ryan Ginn here, and today we have an episode with a, a dear friend of mine and wonderful doctor, Dr. Ajahn Miki. And we cover the terrain of, of women's health mainly, but also just generally the, uh, the importance of breath Imports of breath and our healing process and our ability to be present and our ability to be in relationship. And Ajna just as you'll as you'll hear, she just has such a wonderful presence to her, just very clear and very deep. She takes her time and really, you know, she's not just answering from her head, you know, she pauses with these questions, with these, you know, pretty complex and deep topics and answers in a way that uh, you can just feel that she's she's accessing as much of her, her hard-won wisdom as she can in the moment. I had a great time talking to her. I, I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. So I thought we could just start with you uh, just telling listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about your history and how you came into the work that you do and what your um, your primary like passions are, uh, both in work and life. Well, I've been a naturopathic doctor and an acupuncturist for 20 years now, 20 years this year. And uh, I kind of think I was, I was born into it. I, remember from really, really young wanting to be a doctor. And um, when I graduated from high school, the uh, I remember the AP science teacher saying he had this thing that he did where he would go through the list of students and he would give their future guess, what is this person going to be? And um, when he got to me, he said, I don't know, plant psychologist? which is just telling for me when I look back on it, it's like that he was seeing that I, I had a, a different way of looking at the world. So I struggled with not wanting to be in Western medicine. And when I found out about naturopathic medicine, I just, I could feel that the, the openness of that, like what, that that allowed, it allowed space for everything that wanted to, be expressed and and um, and explored to show up there. So that's that's really how I've used it as this place where I can um, continually be exploring new things and uh, bringing in new perspectives and modalities. So over the years, it just continually feels it feels juicy and alive. There's always yeah. new perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the endless room for growth. And yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think he saw in you that made him say that? I'm just so curious about I am moment. too. Because I really felt like I was hiding, like I was doing a great job of hiding. And mm. um, I just, I don't, I feel like I tried to keep my, my weirdness under, <laughs> under wraps. Uh. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. But apparently not, you know. Well, how did you do, where Where did you hi hide? Did you hide in books, in your mind, and like how you 
What did, what did that look like? Well, I think it looked like, and, you know, it's still something that I'm working with is finding an outside voice. You know, it's like there's so much going on inside, so much being perceived. And then what I choose to share is very, you know, I think is very carefully uh, chosen. You know, what, what am I going to share and how's it going to be perceived? Mm-hmm. And um, then also... I, I guess books. I mean, I'm definitely love to study, but I don't know what he was saying. I, I was shocked, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he still remembers that moment. <laughs> I mean, right? Isn't it wild just how we have these these moments that have become so part of our story? And just it was just maybe a past. It was just a his yeah. intuitive. Just let it let it out and no part of your story. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to kind of build on that. Like as you, as you've developed over the years, like how, how have you navigated? I'm sure that that's a continual theme, like how much you perceive and what you see and then, you know, fitting it into um, still like still models of, you know, if you have a, you know, patient coming in to your office and you're, you're probably seeing so much and, um, uh, yeah, per- perceiving so much. How, how's that been like to, to, um, choose what to say, what to, what to share, where to go? Well, it's, it, I think it really has forced me to get really connected to some inner awareness that, you know, just kind of now there's more of a natural, I can just, I feel it like, Oh, the awareness comes up and is there room in the field for it? Or will it be pushing through something? And, you know, through lots of testing where I push through and it's not received and it becomes, not useful or, or maybe sometime it, at some point it is, but um, mm-hmm. at least my story is that that's, that has become more fine tuned so that I can, I can kind of perceive like, Oh, there's an openness right now, you know? And I think we, we naturally do that all of us in our, in our lives. If we're paying attention, we know when, when to say something and when to wait or hold it or, Right, right, and it sounds like I mean you you have active you know, but and there's a difference, right? You you have actively cultivated that discernment, right? Because some some people just choose to maybe just shut it off, and some people actually just be like, I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I please, and like deal, or you know they push through all the time. You know, there's there's what you're describing is that 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 nuanced cultivation of of, of discerning is is this helpful. Is this going to be received? Is this going to um, move move the relationship forward? Is it going to support this person? Those kind of questions. But and I feel like you're intuiting that from a from a very uh, embodied place. Yeah, so. I would say that's true. And I would also say, for better or for worse, you know, I learn a lot from what I pick up with my patients and. 
I recently had a patient on the table and this voice very clearly said, it is not serving you to be nice. And, you know, it was like just aware of how she kind of moves through the world and just being really nice, but right behind the surface, under the surface, I can, you know, when I'm in contact with her and I, I shared this with her, I feel a combination of rage and joy that are stopping that are being stopped by the, the nice. So I've been contemplating that too. You know, it's like, well, that's a good segue because it's a curiosity I have uh, about you uh, and, and honestly, any, any, um, whatever you want to call it, integrative physician, um, there's such a intermingling between psychology, uh, souls, whatever you want to call like that, that whole dimension and, and, and the body. Right. And, and your, or culturally speaking, you're still having to navigate, a um, implicit or explicit expectations that you keep it to the body. I'm wondering how, how, how you do that because you're, you're like, in this case, you're seeing how much the psychology and the conditioning is impacting the body, the health, the energy flow in this person. And you have certain limitations on how much you, how, how much you can dive into that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about how that's a big question and a big journey for you, I'm sure, but yeah, I'm really curious about it. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think the I mean, it comes back to the original piece that we were talking about around intuiting what what can be shared. I mean, I think what I find over the years is that most people know or they, they feel relieved when they hear the truth. And I, I mean, the truth is that's tricky, right? I, it's a, mm -hmm. I, I almost hesitate to use that word, but when they feel something that's, that's resonant, that they're, they're, it's like they, we know things, we know things are held in our bodies and we might be focused on, the specific condition or, or discomfort. But when we hear something that feels aligned about how our bodies are communicating with us and what they might be speaking, or when we tune into it ourselves, because that's, that's more powerful is when we can, right. When we support others to having to have their own awareness. Um, I found that, you know, early on in my practice that, you know, I was working in Chicago with, with lawyers and um, stockbrokers, a lot of lawyers and stockbrokers. And I thought, well, they don't want to hear this. So I would hold back. And eventually this, it just got so, it was like this energy pushing, say this, tell them this. And what I discovered is that like all beings long to be, known or seen or you know most beings 
long to be known or seen. And so when we speak to this kind of, let's say, soul level or emotional level of what's going on, I think there's a, a kind of relief that often happens and something in the, in the body and psyche that can settle. I don't know if that's... Oh, yeah, that's such a beautiful answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you bring it, you know, bring it back to those, those original days in Chicago and imagining those stockbrokers and just, you know, just really recognizing how, how universal that is. Yeah. 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 And, um, and how, yeah, I said relieving um, to be seen more fully, not just like a body, like here's the tests and here's what we see. And um, that actually is, a, it's, I imagine you would agree as a, a certain kind of um, pervasive and kind of un, unacknowledged trauma in in the human in the human landscape right now. Yeah, yeah. That people are just like thought of as a body when they come in with their with their challenges. You know. Yeah. 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 So I'm wanting to shift, um, not, not drastically, but um, part of the reason or part of what kind of um, kind of inspired me to invite you on was um, I'm in my own practice working with a lot of, in, in my couples, I'm working with a lot of women that are, in, in my growing sense of it, are under-supported, particularly um, no, I'd say on, on the whole, um, under-supported around their own. Let's see how to let's see how to phrase this. Their own their own permission to to engage actually sexually the way they 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 want they want to. Yeah. There's this dynamic of feeling pressured, and then they perform. And then they then they avoid because they don't want to perform. It doesn't feel good, and and then the the couple system ends up becoming uh, really um, well just un under sexed. I mean, un like the, like the intimacy is is compromised because of that dynamic. And I'm beginning to see how clearly. I mean, that's a that's a that's a it's a it's a social it's a cultural thing you know because men and both men and women aren't aren't taught aren't mentored in this in in this realm very well so that's the big can of worms we're opening it up and just love to hear your thoughts and go from there i love that can of worms mm -hmm. yeah that's I mean that that's very very juicy for me that that conversation, and you know in my conversation you know, I mostly work with women and I do a lot of work with women in perimenopause, which you know typically comes with 
having less of a sex drive, the, you know, the focus becomes more internal. The women are more, you know, they're, they're less willing to kind of step over a boundary than they used to be maybe. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, the women are literally begging for this conversation with their men. And, um, so I'm excited that you're, you're inviting it. And, um, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't have any answers, but I know that there are a lot of, that there's a, this is a, a deep well and, um, and a really important conversation. Um, I've just been really, what I really noticed with my, my women is that there's this kind of pervasive cultural conditioning towards um, it really not being okay to say no. And so this is something that I, I feel like is a really important part of their health and well-being is to connect with that no. And, um, and just that sense of like, if you don't have a no, like if your no isn't trustworthy, then your yes isn't trustworthy. And realizing that as women, we we so often aren't connected with our no and that, and therefore aren't connected with our yes. So there's this way in which we can chronically kind of be overriding our like deeper alignment because we don't even recognize it. There's something that just kind of pushes through constantly. Um, and I think that, I think that happens in our relationships so much. What are the what do you notice to be the the, the health and energetic like uh, consequences and effect of that pushing through for women? Um, everything. <laughs> yeah, right. It affects everything. Right. Yeah. Because there's a there's a, there's a lack of 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 sitting or occupying uh, one's kind of core energy or volition and, um, and all, all behaviors are sort of uh, guided by uh, an external pressure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, years ago, um, one of my favorite coaches offered the uh, phrase, I, commit to taking 100% responsibility for my own happiness. And, you know, there's something with that, just making that commitment that kind of reorients all the energy back into the, into the center. And I find that with my women, I, I offer that often for them to really work with and contemplate and, what comes out of it is this awareness of how oriented we are towards making everyone else happy, making everything else okay, 
and putting putting ourselves last. I, this may be a, a universal human thing that's part of how we feel safe in the world, but I, I experience it mostly with women, so I don't know. And I'm curious, actually. Right. I think men have a different version, which might just have to bookmark you know, in the moment, because I, I, I really like where we're going in it. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could describe to me your, you know, your own journey of working through that conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say I'm, I am very much still working through it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I use the practice of saying no, like just doing a, a no meditation where I just sit you know, by myself and spend five or 15 minutes just saying no. And it's like all the things start crowding in and I just say, no, 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 no to you, no to you, no to you. And um, that's really valuable for me. Um, And then also that. When you do that, there's like, there's a little, there's a little girl that's probably like inside you that's probably a little bit afraid. Can you do that? Can you just say no to everybody like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was very scary. Now it's very joyful. And uh-huh. it's just kind of a reminder. Like, uh-huh. big, it's no big deal. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's liberative in that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if somebody else gets mad at you. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. we have a weird, such a strange conditioning to try and keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I imagine what the world would be like? If all the women of the world have that practice happening daily, yeah, revolution, yeah, and it's you know it's, it takes two, right? It's like that's my my vision is how how you know I'm lucky I get to do that with my partner, but just that we get to offer that to other people as a possibility of the ways that we can play. I, I, you know, I think we just, we take life really seriously and, and I get it. It's like, we're, when we're born, we have these programs that are show up or we, we put on ourselves, you know, our stories about how to stay safe and be loved and all that. And then it just kind of stays in there as a like life or death imperative, but Right. When we can play with it like that, we start yeah. calling it out over yeah. and over again. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. me think of how essential it is. Um, I'm thinking about that in the work I do, I do with men and, and kind of how that shows up. Um, but equally apply for women or in a different way that there's an, there's such an importance of having um, a, a, a group, like a, a community that you can come back to and practice that and play with that right yeah. and and be reminded that this is this is now you are grown you're you know in this case you're you're a woman that can say no let's practice it together let's play it out so there's you know i go to the like the gestalt sort of like there's you know there's your boyfriend and he's like Expecting you to do such and such. Say no. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Say it forward. Right. Yeah. Practice. Like, work it in a very embodied way. It's, I mean, I just really see how important that is, and how 
Yeah. I mean, how unfortunate it, it seems that many women don't have that. Yeah. That, that support that women's group or what have you that can, they can just check in weekly that are tracking them that are supporting that shift. Yeah. Yeah. I bet the physician, I mean, you would probably, you probably long for your women that all of them to have something like that to support the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you see some, are some of them finding their way to that and how's that going? Yeah, I think, well, because they're mostly doing it on their own, I really invite them to bring their partner into the practice and the conversation with them. And, you know, if they have a partner who's willing to to play in that way, then it it's helpful. So, you know, I'll say, okay, you know, why don't you, you know, as a suggestion, tell your partner, I'm, I'm going to play with this this week. So every time you ask me to do something, I'm going to say no. And I'm not going to change it to a yes until it shows up as a true yes. And I think that's scary and hard for a lot of people, but the people that do do that, it's, it becomes delightful because there's some, there's some muscle that gets built around yeah. permission. Right. And I feel in the, in the partnership itself, how much that actually um, energizes it. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, as I feel into that, I mean, I, as, as maybe hard initially as that is, I, I putting myself in that position, yeah. um, I, I want to feel my, my partner's backbone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like you said earlier, I, I want to feel that, their no is no and their yes is a yes. Yeah. And I'm not feeling in like, is that a real yes? Or it gets yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the the irony of it is that if you actually fully embody your no, then you know, in a relationship, there's something that is alive. And become, you know, is more present and alive. And then the yes is more likely to show up, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In- instead of your yes is always being like maybes or mm-hmm. knows that I'm going to turn into a yes. Then, of course, you become less and less excited about engaging intimately. And yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I had a question that popped up earlier. You know, you, you mentioned how you work with um, women in the perimenopausal stage of life. And I'm kind of curious about it, what you would say to the younger women listeners, you know, because you are, you know, you, you are so, you, 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 <laughs> you've been through the journey, you know. And you, you can look back and you're, and you're working with women who are, are, have been through the journey. And I just imagine that there's, there's so much that you would like to share or encourage in the, in the younger women out there. What would you say to them? Well, I do. I actually have a lot of, uh, fertile women. Um, I have a lot of women, teenagers and, and, 20s and 30s. So, um, I mean, I really would say the same thing to them. It's like the earlier you can get that 
lesson that you're uh, let's see what do I want to say it's like the the alignment with your own inner being like really just to fall in love with yourself first you know this this it, it actually all the whole conversation feels like that's the broader uh, invitation is like, how do you like that hundred percent commitment to your own happiness? I'm a hundred percent responsible for my own happiness. It's like just really getting that, like there's no out there, to, you know, there's not like the perfect person out there who's going to make everything okay. Or, you know, if that person is behaving in a different way or, you know, there's just, there's, I think that's really pervasive in our culture that feeling like uh, if, if only the other person were like this or like that, then everything would be better. Everything will be okay. And it's like when we reorient with that, uh, you know, that the happiness and the love and the, the contentment is inside of us and that, and that, that it moves out from there. It's like, it colors the world in a whole different way. And um, so I feel like, that's that's kind of the bigger the bigger message is yeah. how to get yeah and and it and it begs the question of you know that I'm imagining them listening to me like well that's that that all sounds well and good you know but how like the how or um, yeah uh, one one doesn't want I mean it, at this point. I mean, I, I can just see how uh, how many for myself include right how many layers there are to that experience, right? Of of, of sufficiency inside of, of of love for self. I mean, right? It's just layer upon layer because of yeah. you know the con- the kind of conditioning that many of us experience. Yeah, 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 and I think. You know, I use those tools, the no and the yes and the 100% commitment. You know, I'll have people just, you know, offer that they, they use a mala. You know, they use their prayer beads and they just, when, when they're triggered or they're feeling like off center, that they just use that mantra. I commit to taking 100% responsibility for my own happiness. And there's something that happens if you're you're doing it kind of with your body. It's at least I've you know my, my patients have experienced this. Like there's some kind of settling that happens, some kind of re-contextualizing in in the body, and mm-hmm. you know then there's you can move from a different place if you're not up here trying to figure something out or pushing against something, but you're just like ah. I'm committed to here. Now what? Now what am I experiencing? Now what am I feeling? Now how do I move? 
So, right. I mean, it is, it's subtle stuff, right? Yeah. And that what you just did, I mean, that is like, I just see that. I mean, that, that is a lifelong practice, right? I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. again and again and again, you, you know, you, you're, for, you know, for those who are just listening, right. I mean, she's pointing to her center of her being, right. Coming back to this. It's not coming back to head, right. It's not coming back to um, some concept of self that's coming back to actually the core of you as best you can feel it yeah. and being being true to that first yeah yeah there's a lot there around i mean as you say that i mean it just it just it just requires so much disentangling you know this is a tr transgenerational conditioning stuff I mean, in this case for women around around put, putting other first putting child first, putting husband first, putting partner first, putting um, household, uh, all of it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's one or one other thing that came up as you were speaking, which is that in that willingness to say no to other things, other arisings, other people, um, that there also needs to be a full willingness to say yes to what's arising inside. Mm -hmm. And that's and what's it. Arising inside might be fear and yes. And sadness and grief. Yes. Um, for all the times that you didn't show up for self. Yep. Yep. And you sacrifice self. I mean, it, it, we don't want to write in like, um, delude the listeners into thinking that this, that this is not without its um, intense uh, discomfort, right? Yeah. And, and pain and... Yes, yeah. but again, you know, when we... It's like the irony of it is that the discomfort comes with this the subtle way that we're saying no to what's arising inside of us. And, you know, the the potency of what happens when we say yes to it. So say we're feeling the fear come up and we're just, some part of us is saying no to it and that's intensifying it. And when we actually stop and soften and say yes to it, then magic happens and that, intimacy uh, happens. Right. Right. And, and uh, intimacy and aliveness start, right. Yeah. Returns. Right? Yeah. And, and it makes me think that I, uh, I had, that wonderful breathwork session with you on my birthday God, five or six years ago. And I just thinking about how much that is, yeah. that is part of this process, right? As you describe that, I can just feel how, how br breath is part of what is going to help a person in this case, a woman navigate. Yes. From the, that fear. Yeah. Because here, it's like, I mean, it's a trapped energy that's in the system, right? I mean, it's, I think of it. I, so I'd like you to expound on that and, your, you know, how, how you see breath um, uh, facilitating this process you're describing. Well, uh, first I want to say that when you said that, it reminded me of um, this image that, that Thomas Hubel shared years ago that comes back over and over again about how when we have an emotion that's not um, given full permission that it gets stuck and then it just stays there. And there's something about bringing the breath and the permission and the yes to it allows it to 
complete its cycle and fall back into silence. And I love that image. It's like, ah, yeah. So if we just give it the space, it can come back to resting. And I do think the breath is an incredible reminder and invitation to that. It's like when, because, you know, when we're attending to the breath, then we we become present with whatever's happening. Yeah. 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 And and we have more, um, as I see it, we have more uh, ability to, to uh, facilitate that, that, the, the movement that wants to happen. Right? We can yeah. get stuck if we're, you know, yeah. if we're if not breathing in those, those old patterns. We might, we might just, um, you know, almost as I, as I see in my, in my clients, sometimes it's just a, there's just a, um, there's a stuckness that happens, you know, and, and then a, a movement away because there's, there's an, there's, um, there's not the capacity yeah. to, for that energy. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I just see more and more how much, how much the breath is what, what determines whether something can really move through. Yeah. Right. To expound on that, it's really like the breath, we can intentionally use the breath to get into those places, to liberate those places that are, that, that kind of old brain that's saying it's not safe mm-hmm. has put a block on it, put a lid on it, said, no, the breath's not getting in here. And, the, you know, the breath and the light are not getting in here. And when we make that conscious choice, okay, we're going to breathe into it. We're going to shine the light on it. We're going to let it, we're going to liberate it. Yeah, the breath is mm-hmm. incredibly helpful with uh, I have a kind of a, a question that's bubbling up, uh, curiosity around if you, if you were like the director of public health for this country, like what would you, and you had, you had this like massive budget to just redesign how, how health was treated or how, you know how healing was facilitated. What would, what would you do? What what are some of the like images and projects and yeah. (laughs) I feel delighted by that question. I see that. I I see your face just going like, Ooh. Um, I don't know the answer. Like what, what pops up are um, nature popped up. And, you know, just like really rekindling our relationship with nature and the cycles of nature. And, um, and then the other thing that popped up was the vagus nerve. It's like the nervous system, you know, the, the collective nervous system is shot, Mm. you know, and I think it was shot before this all started and, you know, I feel like we're, we're seeing it in the, in the, the fear body. And, um, 
I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but, but there's something about, you know, my feeling recently has been like all of the medicine in the world. It's, it won't touch anything until we have a calming in the, in the nervous system, the individual and the collective nervous system. It's like, you know, my story about that is that it is about breath and slowing down and connecting inside and being connected to nature and each other. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's in your, your own deep, visceral experience like right and 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 as well as mine like i don't i feel like i've spent my entire adult life um recovering from a lack of breath in nature (laughs) and and with nature too i think of just natural response or like what feels uh, my like my true yes and and following that and being like, I want to get up and just the simple stuff that was, you know, for many of us trained out, trained out of us where we didn't, where, where if we wanted to explore this gorgeous fucking day, we would do that. Right. And, but it's like, no, stay inside, like stay at your desk. You got these charts to fill out (laughs) and just how much that, um, disrupts the, that the nervous system just yeah. disrupts the, the flow of energy in us and creates ill health. Yeah. And it's so basic, right? I mean, yeah, no, there's no amount of med, there's no pills, there's, you know, that, that are, that are going to heal that. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, it's understandable that we don't, uh, and that it's not addressed because it, in my, my view of it, it's like there's such a buildup that it's, really scary i think for most people to actually go into their breath and feel all that hasn't been felt for decades and generations yeah you know so it's quite the i think those of us in our you know position like ours i mean it's like we're midwives for that process yeah designing for each person like what they can handle Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't flood their system yeah 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 i mean i noticed that for myself, when I have the awareness, like I just need some space, I need downtime, I need space. And, you know, maybe I've been just going and going for weeks, that the beginning of that space is always accompanied with fear. And, you know, I have to over and over again, come back to ah, just saying yes to the fear and inviting it and you know, just welcoming it and it and letting it know if it wants to stick around while I'm resting or walking, it's fine. It can be here with me. But it is it's something that I have, you know, I know that I have to continually not listen to it, you know, not let it be in charge, but but it will it'll show up inevitably. And I think um you know, I often think that that must be so pervasive, you know, it's like that the way that we stay so busy and we we're avoiding the, the kind of backlog of, of energies that we haven't said yes to. Yeah. 
And so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to take liberty to just insert my own answer to that. One of my like visions uh, in uh, response to that question I asked you, and that is, and I see it actually, honestly, I see it happening. Like as there's a growing body of research that really points to the, the importance of regulating the nervous system for, for health. Right. I mean, it's, it's now identified as key. And yet, of course, things go right. The, the system as a whole has not caught up with that. You know, and when someone goes to their a, 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 this conventional general practitioner, there isn't this. Oh, so how's your nervous system? What are your practices for tending to your nervous system? Oh, you don't have any. Well, here's this group that meets weekly that will, you know, help you um, with with different self-regulation practices. Um, how's your relationship with your partner? Are you guys co-regulating well? How is that going? What's getting in the way of that? Because your relationship is going to determine whether you're going to be able to actually move through this um, this illness or this um, this health challenge that's going to be the, actually the prime, one of the prime uh, factors. Like that, that's not happening. So my, my, my vision is that that's happening, that there's a person, when a person goes to their doctor, it's, it's and, and maybe the doctor doesn't do it. Maybe they actually have, like there's this Chris Kresser, I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has the vision that actually we just need to train a, thousands of health coaches that have time to actually really be with and, and coach the person into their own customized program of healing their nervous system and, and their digestive system and their gut biome and uh, rather than waiting until they get diabetes and autoimmune disease and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, may it be so. Maybe may it be so. Direction because it's actually also a lot less expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it makes me think of um, I. I have a Dr. Karazian. He's a he's a functional medicine doctor who incredibly intelligent, wise being and. Uh, one of the things he says is like number one thing that he tells his patients is that they need to basically take a Sabbath. So one day a week, they he invites them to make no plans. So it's not even like telling them don't, you know, drive your car or anything like that, which might be even better. But it's just don't make any plans one day a week and that's such an interesting i love that because that's that's not a big intervention you know it's just like i'm gonna let my day unfold one day a week yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) certainly bring up some shit for people i think yeah. You know, i mean to shift gears i thought i think it's a wonderful intervention or practice yeah, in terms of how that must, you know, change the nervous system orientation, the brain, the, yeah. the part of your brain that you're occupying just by default. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I want to kind of ask what, uh, ask 
this question, you know, or some variation of this question I ask all my guests, which is, what are what are some of the challenges that you're experiencing in relationship and, and how are you navigating them? In your pri- in your primary. Yeah. Um, let's see. The first thing that comes up is is really it is around that intimacy piece. And it's it's interesting, it's you know, during this time when we're we're quarantined or you know, we're just, we're home, like my partner's working from home. And, you know, I really recognize like, oh, there were a couple days a week when I was in the house by myself. And just watching how that's kind of shifted my, my inner sense of spaciousness, and how that's affecting our desire for intimacy. And so, you know, we're playing with that. Like, how do we give our, give each other space so that we can have that polarity of that desire to come back together? And, um, you know, we're playing with that in terms of, you know, one person going off for half the day and taking a hike by themselves or, you know, giving the other person space in the house alone so that they can just kind of sink into their own rhythm. And that's, that's really useful. Um, I think generally we're also working on communication a lot. It's like we have two very independent people who tend to just decide something needs to get done and do it. And I know for myself that I'm, continually kind of coming back to, ah, this is a we field. This isn't a me field. This is a we field. So the answer to what feels really right isn't necessarily the same if I'm attuning to the we field. So that's been an interesting new kind of new practice for me is to just kind of feel into that. What does the me field say? What is the we we field say, how does it feel to say yes to what's in the we field? If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it certainly does. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a great way to, to describe what yeah, I often coach couples around, right? From, right, as you know, I'm, I'm a Stan Tacken guy. And so that's, that's the, that is a central question because it doesn't, right. As you say, especially for independent folks, the more Island types, that's not the question that they're def- that they're defaultly asking themselves. Yeah. It's kind of a revelation. <laughs> yeah, I got me like come together once in a while. Cause that that's, I know that that feels good, but um <laughs> Yeah. So what is the we field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did that take a while for you to, I mean, were you doing that in your past relationships too? Or like what's your journey been around that? No, you were okay. Yeah. This is new. It was literally a revelation, you know, Uh just, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe we were standing in the kitchen and, and I said that we both looked at each other like, Oh, you know, I said, I, I feel like the answer for the we field might be different than the me. <laughs> what? Right. Wait, what? 
Is that Obviously, we have too, right? Because I mean, you're both islands in a sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is a curious. Yeah. You got, I mean, you I think there must be too much distance at times. That... Well, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm one of those island. I don't know my stem heck and so well, but I'm, I'm like a, I, I'm an anxious and a. Uh huh. Avoidant. Yeah. Other, what... yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I definitely it depends have it depends on the circuit. like it, it, it with you know, in my experience when you have two island-ish types, yeah. it that the relationship um uh, oscillates or kind of has its if if one partner is um for maybe maybe it's phasal, maybe it's for a period of time is really in their island, yeah. then it's gonna evoke that kind of you in the other like that anxious like wavy like hey like do you care about me or i mean you you tracking me you're just tracking your phone yeah that feels accurate yeah i hope you enjoyed that um i certainly did love love ajana i I think we'll have her back on the podcast just to go into some specific issues and questions. I can imagine um, getting questions from you all and, and putting them to her and just uh, jumpstarting a conversation that way. So again, if you've got any any questions, any comments, um, reviews, please, please do engage here. Um, you can do that through, through iTunes, uh, preferably. And um, also you can contact me via my website, Ryan Ginn dot com. Be well. Mm-hmm.